Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Remember, Built Bar is doing a 50% off Everything on the site sale right now and 100% of their profits are being donated to local and national charities. So a perfect time to take advantage of that promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com. But I hope you guys had a safe and enjoyable weekend. We are back today to go over quite a bit of weekend news. So ESPN actually put out their own AFC South All-Decade team and announced the best player for each team throughout the last 10 seasons. So we will talk about that today, who they selected, how many Titans made the list. And I was actually pleasantly surprised with the amount of Tennessee Titans that are on ESPN's AFC South All-Decade team for the 2010. So excited to go over those names with you guys. Also, I posed an interesting question on Twitter last week at Tic Tac Titans. Just a a toss-up between two different players who I use quotes here because I don't necessarily like the term, but it seems the only appropriate adjective that I can think of. Two controversial free agents who honestly do make a lot of sense for the Titans. So which would you rather have? I will make my case in segment two with a little bit of a Rollins rant. Make sure that you're following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans though so you can be a part of additional polls that I put out going forward or just take in all the extra content that I give you guys on there. And then Lastly, we are going to hear from Kevin Byard. So a lot of players did some Zoom conferences there at the end of the offseason program. Want to make sure I give you guys the highlights rather than doing an entire episode dedicated to those conference calls like we did with John Robinson and Mike Rabel. I'll just give you guys a little bit of an ending sounds of the Titans with some quick highlights from Kevin Byard. So we have a lot to talk about today. Really excited to talk about all of the Titans on this list from ESPN. Also go over this very interesting debate on two free agents and then hear from Kevin Byard and his end of the offseason thoughts. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast as I continue to bring you guys content throughout the offseason as we get closer and closer and closer to training camp. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or whatever platform that you do stream your podcast. But really excited to get into everything with you guys today. Let's get it. We saw a total of seven Tennessee Titans make ESPN's AFC South All-Decade team for the 2010s. We got three on offense. We got three on defense. And a Titan made the special teams unit as well. So we will start with the offense, go over the entire team, and circle back around to talk about the Titans that made the list. At quarterback, they had the Indianapolis Colts' Andrew Luck, running back Arian Foster from the Houston Texans, wide receiver Andre Johnson, who played his career primarily for the Houston Texans, even though he did have a cup of coffee for a few weeks with the Titans in 2016, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans, 
Texans as well. And then T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver from the Indianapolis Colts. On the offensive line, we had left tackle Dwayne Brown from the Texans, guard Quentin Nelson from the Colts, center Ben Jones, who played four seasons for the Texans, and then the last four seasons of the decade with the Titans. Right guard Wade Smith for the Texans, right tackle Jack Conklin for the Titans, and then tight end Delaney Walker for the Titans as well. So let's start with Ben Jones. Ben Jones has been a staple in the AFC South for eight total seasons now. Of course, as mentioned, four with the Titans, four with the Texans, and Ben Jones has been a staple in the lineup for both teams, playing almost 100% of the snaps for the last six seasons straight. At right tackle, we have Jack Conklin. Now, Conklin did play four seasons with the Titans and performed pretty well in two of those, but if they were just taking the offensive line in totality and not looking at specific positions like right tackle and left tackle, then there is no argument to be made that this should not be Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan should be on this list over Jack Conklin. He's been a better player, but it seems that they were going for a specific right tackle tackle. And then we have Delaney Walker who obviously right now is currently a free agent. His football future is up in the air, but he did play seven seasons with the Titans. 84 games, 381 catches, 4,423 yards, and 211 touchdowns. He was actually named ESPN's number one Titan of the decade in general, with Jarrell Casey being the honorable mention. Like the decision to put Jack Conklin on the list over Taylor Lewan. I also think that putting Delaney Walker as the best Titan of the decade over Jarrell Casey is debatable. But speaking of Jarrell Casey, let's go ahead and dive into the AFC South all-decade defense. We have J.J. Watt from the Texans. No surprise there. Jarrell Casey, of course, from the Titans. Calais Campbell from the Jaguars. Robert Mathis from the Indianapolis Colts. Darius Leonard from the Indianapolis Colts. Jadavian Clowney from the Houston Texans. Paul Puzlesny from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, cornerback Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars, cornerback Jonathan Joseph, who has yet to suit up for the Titans after playing eight seasons with the Houston Texans, but will be a Titan this upcoming season, and then both safety positions see Tennessee Titans fill the spot, Kevin Byard in one, and then Michael Griffin in the other. Back to Jarrell Casey, he played nine seasons with the Titans, 139 games, 51 sacks, 325 tackles, five straight Pro Bowls, including a second-team All-Pro selection. Casey has been, in my opinion, the best Titan of the decade, and of course, there is a lot of consternation at the moment over his recent trade to the Denver Broncos. At the safety positions, seeing Michael Griffin make the list was a surprise, but it does make sense when you take into account he played six seasons for the Titans in the decade, 14 interceptions during the decade, one Pro Bowl in 2010. He had three seasons of over 100 tackles as well, showing his versatility at the safety position. And then, of course, Kevin Byard, the last four seasons, dominating for the Titans in the back end, 17 interceptions, and didn't even have a pick in his rookie season. So that's 17 interceptions in only three years. 320 total tackles, one first-team All-Pro, one Pro Bowl as well. No surprise to see Byard on the list. 
And then finally, we have the special teams unit for the AFC South All-Decade team. Kicker Adam Vinatieri from the Colts. Punter Shane Leckler from the Texans. And then at the returner spot, Mark Mariani from the Titans. Four seasons with the team, including one Pro Bowl appearance in 2010. During his time returning kicks for the Titans, Mariani had 118 returns for 2,838 yards and one touchdown. Like I said at the beginning, I was quite surprised with the amount of Titans that made the list. I mean, it's the ASC South, so of course there should be some Titans, and all of the Titans that are on the list really do make sense in in some capacity, so I guess maybe I shouldn't be as surprised. But again, the one thing that I do want to say is Jack Conklin should not be on this team over Taylor Lewan and I think Jarrell Casey was a more important player to the Titans than than Delaney Walker over the decade. But, I mean, those are debatable. So let me know how you guys feel about those two different debates on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Before we jump into the Rollins rant, the little debate that I have for you guys to go along with my Twitter poll, I do want to remind you that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the host of the Locked On Podcast Network, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to 10 thousand dollars. If you would like to make your own donation to help out alongside of us hosts, we would really appreciate it as we try to put our money where our mouth is and not just talk about change, but be about change. And you can help us out by visiting lockedonpodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter to make your own donation. And since we are in a charitable mood talking about donations, want to remind you guys again about Built Bar. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars ever, but not only that, Right now, their entire inventory is 50% off. So I've been talking to you guys for about a month now about all of the benefits of Built Bar. They are absolutely fantastic tasting bars. They taste like a candy bar with 16 different amazing flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate that are soft and easy to chew. But they're also incredibly healthy to help you lose or maintain weight. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And now, like I said, everything on their website, everything in their inventory, all the different bars are 50% off. And not only that, but 100% of their profits are going to charity right now. So make sure that right now it is the best time possible to take advantage of the promo code locked on and you'll get not only $10 off your first order, but that 50% off all items on the site. Use promo code locked on to get $10 off right now and 100% of the profits are going to go to charity as well. So not only can you help out the host of the Locked On Podcast Network and making any kind of charitable donation that is possible for you, but you can also help out the Locked On Podcast Network as we try to help out the community by taking advantage of that offer at BuiltBar.com using promo code locked on and that'll also help some of that money go to charity as well. So it's a way to kind of double down on your support for not only the Locked On Podcast Network, but for all of the social change that we're hoping to see out there. Make sure that when you do take advantage of that offer on BuiltBar.com, that you take a picture of the package that you receive or the the order that you place. Tag me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. I'll make sure to give you a shout out on the show and retweet you as well.
as I teased at the beginning of our show, I want to have a little bit of a discussion here, a little bit of a debate against myself, really, in uh, what I will call a tale of two, quote-unquote, potential titans. It's a a question I put out to you guys on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, got a pretty good turnout for the vote, and I want to set the stage first, though. Let's take a look at the Titans roster. I think most of us can agree, and it's my assessment when I take a look at who's there now, that the Titans could still look to use possibly a veteran backup quarterback if Logan Woodside, who's relatively untested, or rookie Cole McDonald, if neither of them really show out once we get on the field for training camp and preseason, if neither of those players really show that they can be relied on, which at this time, we have no evidence whatsoever that we can rely on Logan Woodside other than positive reviews from his teammates and the coaches, which of course they're going to talk positively about the guy. They're not going to crush him in the media when he's going into training camp as their backup quarterback right now. So, I think it's safe to say that the team could still look to bring in a veteran backup. If Ryan Tannehill, it doesn't even have to be devastating. You know, Ryan Tannehill could get hurt at at any point in time. But I'll, I'll save that for when I lay out the debate. But basically a backup quarterback. And then also, right now, the team has A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. But after that, we have Khalif Raymond, who played a little bit in spot duty last year, but is mostly a, a kick returner. I wouldn't mind him as a as a fifth wide receiver or a sixth wide receiver who can help on special teams, but as your fourth wide receiver instead of Tajay Sharp, uh, Cam Batson, uh, we're looking at Rashad Davis, Cody Hollister, uh, any of the undrafted free agents. Right now, the Titans definitely could look to add a veteran wide receiver to this group to give them a more reliable foursome there at that position. So I think those are two fair criticisms of the Titans roster right now, and that kind of sets the stage, as I mentioned, for this conversation. So, the debate is between two, and I hate using this word because in my opinion, neither of their careers should be as controversial or as divisive as they have turned out to be. I think that's unfortunate, but we will use quote-unquote controversial just for the purposes of the discussion. You guys can honestly understand what I'm saying. For better or for worse, they are controversial names. Which player... If you could only sign one, not impacting anything else, not a Jadavian Clowney signing, anything like that, just if you had to pick one player to add to the Titans roster right now, would it be Colin Kaepernick or Josh Gordon? First off, if you didn't vote in the poll that I put on Twitter over the weekend, make sure that you tag me on Twitter at Tic Tac. Titans and let me know how you feel about this now. But I will say this before I dive into my thoughts. The poll ended up 59% for Josh Gordon, 41% for Colin Kaepernick. There were 250 votes or 230 votes somewhere in between there. So that's pretty close. Realistically, 51 to or 59 to 41. That that's that's pretty close. But I'll lay out both cases before I tell you how I feel. So one, let's look at Colin Kaepernick. So we have to get rid of the thought that he's a locker room distraction, all that. We've seen uh, 
the commissioner of the NFL come out and say Black Lives Matter and all of this and basically apologize, say that they want teams to sign Colin Kaepernick. A lot of people around the league say that Colin Kaepernick should be signed. So without taking, well, we will take that into account. But my point is I don't think that calling him a a distraction to the locker room, anything like that is valid anymore. This conversation that he was trying to have years ago is at the forefront of everyone's mind, so you can't call him a distraction when the whole country is distracted having the conversation that he was trying to have. So I don't think that that's fair. So I'm not going to go with the angle of he would you know, cause media, da-da-da, it'll make the team play worse. I just don't buy that right now. Anyway, so let's talk about football. So he hasn't really played in three seasons, but... When he did play, I think it's fair to say that he was a top 64 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it, it, it it's ridiculous to say otherwise, that he wasn't a top 64 quarterback. And you look at certain guys around the league who have gotten multiple chances, uh, guys that we make fun of ourselves on this podcast and in the comments, on Twitter, things like that. Uh, someone like Blaine Gabbert in 2018. I don't even think Blaine Gabbert was that bad. A lot of people crush Blaine Gabbert. He went 2-1. and one. Um, He just isn't a starting quarterback. But we can't say that Colin Kaepernick is any worse than Blaine Gabbert. And I don't think that would be the case right now, especially when you talk about Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. I'm sorry, even without having um, NFL playing experience for the last three years, I think it's fair to say that Colin Kaepernick would at minimum compete with those guys. And logic would tell us, based on his actual NFL experience, being a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, I think it would be fair to say that uh, Colin Kaepernick is a better backup quarterback than Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald, and at minimum would compete. But in my opinion, I would I think it's fair to say he would be better than those guys as a backup quarterback option. And here's where backup quarterback, forgetting that it's Colin Kaepernick, just the argument for a veteran backup quarterback to come in here, if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt for 10 games, 12 games, yeah, the season's not going to go the way we want, most likely. It's just not going to happen. And it, if that were the case, I'd say we should look at Cam Newton. If Ryan Tannehill were to get hurt bad early, um, that would be an option there because you need a, a quarterback talented enough to keep you afloat starting level. I think healthy Cam can be that. But what if Tannehill doesn't get hurt for a large chunk of time? What if Tannehill gets hurt for three games? What if it's he goes out in the middle of one game and is out for two games? I mean, in a circumstance like that, you don't need um, someone insane who's going to be able to basically do what Tannehill did last year for Mariota. You, you just need somebody to hold it over. Someone maybe a little bit better than a Blaine Gabbert who can get you a couple wins in that time. And a veteran backup quarterback like Colin Kaepernick could offer that opportunity. So I think that's that's really important to look at here. We don't want this Titans roster to go to waste with Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald because Tannehill is out two games, three games. I mean, every game matters in the NFL, so you could say to me, well, if it's just two to three games, then, you know, who cares what happens? You know, we should still be able to withstand that. No, not in the NFL. That that, that can't be the way that it works. We can't just bow out for a couple of games because we don't want to pay for a backup quarterback. So just keep that in mind. My, my real uh, argument here is that the backup quarterback position needs a veteran to come in who can, who can hold the Titans over if Tannehill does get hurt, no matter the length of time. Um, Let's move to the wide receiver position. I I, kind of talked about that earlier when I set things up. 
I think the Titans need an actual veteran. And let's think about it from this perspective. So, Josh Gordon had a lot of trouble with wheat. A lot of substance abuse abuse issues that were causing his suspensions, his disciplinary action, him uh, needing to be reinstated in the NFL in general, which is currently trying to happen. So that's kind of what prompted the question is Josh Gordon is applying for reinstatement. If he is reinstated, he'll be an unrestricted free agent for the first time in his career. He's only 29 years old. So you bring in someone like Josh Gordon, who like Kenny Vaccaro was, you know, a highly touted person based on their early success, had some issues with Vaccaro. It was injuries with Gordon. It was the off-field concerns, suspensions, things like that. But if you get a guy like Josh Gordon, bring him into the fold. He's a role player early on, learns the system, gets comfortable in the environment, and then maybe he takes over for Corey Davis when he inevitably is, you know, let walk at the end of the season. Now you have Josh Gordon, who's a talented player who may be in his 30s by next, you know, in 2021, but can be a veteran secondary receiver to complement our slot guy in Adam Humphreys and... A.J. Brown, who's the emerging number one wide receiver on his rookie contract anyway. So it would just be a perfect pairing there. And then you can draft a rookie wide receiver in the next draft, let them learn as Josh Gordon handles the veteran responsibilities for a year or, you know, a year and a half. And then you're ready to get a young guy into that spot to create your tandem going forward. Or you can get a young slot guy and let Adam Humphreys walk because he's so expensive. And then you have Josh Gordon, a young rookie slot receiver, and an emerging A.J. Brown in his third season in 2021. Just a lot of possibilities there with Josh Gordon, and we know he has the talent. So if the, you know, and people are saying, well, what if he just gets in trouble again? Well, the NFL on the new CBA, in the new CBA, uh, lessened and loosened the restrictions that go along with marijuana. So maybe that keeps Josh Gordon on the field and doesn't lead him into all the issues with the league that he's had in his previous stops. So just something to to think about there. I think there's a good case for both of those guys because they are talented players at positions that most people agree the Titans still need maybe a, a little bit of reinforcements at. So with that in mind, I'll get to my choice. And I made this clear on Twitter in the comments. I had a good time talking to all you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans if you aren't already. Give me your thoughts on this. But, I mean, just a lot of good conversation and additional content that I like to put on there. Along with the Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns that, that I do. You can't miss those. So, my answer, I'm going back and forth with it with it even now, but my answer is going to be Colin Kaepernick, and it doesn't have anything to do with his political stance and what he stands for and all that. I think the Titans need a veteran backup quarterback, and I think that Kaepernick is decisively more talented than Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald, and I think that if the Titans got in a bad spot where Tannehill was out three to four to five weeks, I think Kaepernick could get the Titans some wins because of his unique skill set, and I think his skill set matches the Titans' offense in terms of the athleticism needed to um, run the bootlegs, run the play-action rollouts, and being built around the run game. Colin Kaepernick was never a prolific passer. He always had a great run game, a good offensive line, a good defense as part of a football team under Harbaugh with the 49ers. So I think that the Titans have a similar setup in terms of philosophy, philosophy, play defense, run game, complimentary football, all that. So I think Kaepernick could fit in 
pretty easily there. So that is going to be my answer to who the Titans should go after if they had to choose between those two controversial free agents. Before we jump into hearing from Kevin Byard, though, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Rock Auto. I have discussed all of the benefits over the last couple of weeks about Rock Auto, but especially right now, it's getting hot. You need to change your oil. Your car can overheat depending on how old it is. There's a lot of different problems that can come with running your car in the heat. And for all of the repairs that you're going to need to not only maintain your car, but to be proactive with the health of your car, you need to do so at rockauto.com. Basically, you can get different prices from chain stores or from dealerships depending on if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. RockAuto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market is like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or any kind of login or an account that you need. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and like I said, they are the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Once again, that is the how did you hear about us box. Write locked on so they know you came from the Locked On Titans podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Today's show with the little sounds of the Titans. So last week, we dedicated two full episodes to John Robinson and Mike Vrabel's end of the offseason program Zoom conferences, but we also heard from three different players, Kevin Byard, Ryan Tannehill, and Rashawn Evans. So what I want to do at the end of this week's shows, or our second segment on Friday, so we can cap off with a little bit of a mailbag, I, I want to play those for you guys. Like I mentioned last week, Probably going to be pretty quiet from the Titans' perspective uh, between now, the end of June, and the end of July when training camp starts. So I just want to make sure that you hear absolutely everything that these players had to say about the off-season program and about their plans during that slow period so you can have a general idea of, of what your favorite players and, and the team are going to be doing until we hear from them again and hopefully see them out on the field. So we are going to get started with Kevin Byard here. And the first thing that he talks about is how the continuity of the team, having a lot of the same guys back on offense and defense and playing the exact same system on offense and defense, how that can help them dealing with the COVID impacted offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not having Dean is obviously a huge blow to, you know, 
to the everything that we do here. Um, but the simple fact is that, you know, Brave also comes from under Dean, so we're, we're still speaking the same language. We have had a lot of leaders and a lot of great players, you know, lead the defense, but we have a lot of young guys that's also coming up as well. So, and honestly, the fact that we are in the same system with, you know, the COVID stuff that's going on right now, I think this is probably, you know, it's, just, it's an ideal situation. It's not, you don't want to be coming to a situation like this, learning new defense, learning new coaches, learning new language. It's pretty tough. So I think the fact that the nucleus of the team, uh, offense and defense, is learning the same system. You know, I think we should use it as an advantage. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's automatically an advantage. We have to make sure that we use that as an advantage for us going into the season. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I think we just be a little bit further ahead than probably most teams or teams that learn the entire new system. You know, we can kind of just hit the ground running as soon as uh, day one training camp starts. And I think that's going to be important for us because, you know, as of right now, we're already doing virtual meetings. We're all speaking the same language. So it's just pretty much just be transitioning from the, the classroom onto the field. It, it won't be a tough transition. And make no mistake about it, with the changing of the guard this offseason, of the leaders in the locker room, Kevin Byard is one of the number one leaders on this team, probably the number one leader on the defense now. So as he says, the team will do, and I, I like hearing his optimism there for how things will translate from what they're adding in the offseason right now. The next question or the next answer from Kevin Byard I thought was, was very interesting, and it gave us really good insight into how Mike Vrabel is as a head coach. Basically, Kevin talks about, is Vrabel different now in the meetings or anything like that based on not having Dean Pease around? And I really enjoyed Kevin's answer here. Uh, I wouldn't say it's more or less. Uh, even when Dean uh, even when Dean first got the job, I want to say I think Dean's first meeting with the defense, Vrabel came in and pretty much you know, kind of almost took half of the meeting talking, talking ball and different stuff like that. So that's what Vrabel's going to do. And that's all phases, special teams, offense, defense, if Brady wants to come in and coach, I mean, he loves coaching. So I think, you know, when he's – he wants to be in different meetings. He wants to be in position meetings, uh, talking ball or, you know, just trying to uh, improve the team. So he's been involved in everything. Honestly, I really – I can't say that I've seen, you know, him try to be more involved with the defense because he's always been. Like I said, I think that's a really insightful answer, and it gives you a, a good idea. Rabel may be a defensive-minded coach, but we've heard from all these different people that have worked with him or coached uh, with him or played under him that he's one of the smartest football guys they've ever met, and that's not just on defense. There's a reason that he's a head coach. There's a reason that he goes with a leader, CEO type of approach to coaching so that he can be involved in everything because he has knowledge on everything, and that's something that you want from your head coach, and it makes sense now even more. Mike Vrabel's comments last week about Shane Bowen and him being basically his top lieutenant on defense. Mike Vrabel, even when Dean Pease was around, was taking a lot of the time in the meetings, doing a lot of the primary coaching, then passing it off to Pease. It sounds like he's going to be doing the same exact thing just with Shane Bowen now. So that has to give you more optimism or give you less concern, at least, about the play-calling responsibilities because it doesn't seem like Vrabel is going to be doing much different this year compared to last year. The next thing that Kevin Byer talks about obviously has to do a little bit with all the social issues going on right now and the conversations that are naturally taking place in the locker room. He just talks about the togetherness of an NFL locker room and and his view on uh, why those conversations can take place. I think that's the beauty of sports right there. Um, I've never met, you know, a guy from my locker room uh, that I feel like hated me because of the color of my skin or anything like that. You know, I do believe that everybody that, I th- and that's the beauty of NFL, you have, I mean, right now we have 90 guys on the team or close to 90. And, you know, we all come from different walks of life. 
everybody come from a different part of the country. Some people come from different parts of the world. Um, I just feel like the beauty of it is the simple fact that we can all come together no matter, you know, our differences, things like that, to try to accomplish a common goal and work together within that. And honestly, I feel like, you know, the country can take a great, you know, lesson from, you know, sports and the unity of, of guys and people coming from all different shades of colors and different things like that and not really caring about it. And, you know, when one guy scores a touchdown, the whole team celebrating, didn't matter what he looked like. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the beauty of sports. And that's kind of why, you know, I feel like, especially in the game of football, it's such a game of life and it teaches you so much. And I'm appreciate all the lessons that I've learned just by playing ball and all the people that I've met and all the time that I've, you know, experienced. Next, Bayer just talks about the next few months translating from the virtual offseason program to actually getting on the field to ramping up for the season. Yeah, I mean, so everybody's situation is different. I mean, for a guy that may be a free agent, you know, that's trying to get a building to get physicals, you know, his situation is different. Uh, I feel like, and I always look at in situations of uncertainty, you know, you can just only focus on what you control. If you wake up in the morning and you can't control what's going to happen three days, from now, just focus on today. What can you do today? And uh, I think if everybody just try to take that, you know, day at a time uh, mentality, because I, at the end of the day, honestly, football is not the most important thing right now. It's a lot of things going on in this world that we can take, you know, give our attention to. And I think that if we're, you know, obviously everybody wants to play ball. We want to get to that. But you control what you can control today and, you know, focus on your family, love on your loved ones. Uh, people are still getting COVID. That's still going around. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody forgot about that. So, you know, it, it's, it's some real stuff going on in this world right now. So, and, and until we get a full date and like you said, Paul, we get some clarity on the situation. Honestly, I'm not even really focused on it. And then lastly, Bayard talks about just his plan for the next month until the team is back together. Continue to work out what I've been doing. Yes, I am working out with teammates. Uh, Ty Smith, uh, Kenneth Durden, uh, Kareem Moore. Uh, Malcolm Butler, a lot of guys I've been working out with, in and out. You know, some guys are in and out, but we, we are all working out together, getting some work in. Uh, I think the rookie, uh, Fulton, he'll be moving in town soon, so I'll begin some working with him as well. But, no, nah, I mean, honestly, I just focus on my family, uh, focus on recovery, focus on working out, uh, focus on my mental, uh, focus on staying safe, focus on health. I mean, that's really it. I mean, I feel like in the back of my mind, we all kind of have an idea that football is going to be back. So it's really no point of just stressing about it because it's going to come back soon, sooner or later in some form or fashion. So until then, uh, I focus on things I can control. As they say, folks, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I think Kevin Byers' mentality on a lot of things, not just football, but the things he talked about in terms of life and controlling what you can control and staying safe and... I mean, that's why I've said on the show, he's the only player on the team that I own his jersey, and I'm proud of it. I think Kevin Byard is just 100% the perfect football player in terms of mentality. I mean, I'm a big fan. Uh, he's my favorite player on the entire team. Uh, I'll keep saying it, and I'll champion champion Kevin Byard for all eternity. But uh, with that in mind, I do want to drop this little nugget on you guys. So I'm waiting out for some more information so um, to see how related to the Titans it is. But there was a report over the weekend about a bunch of players uh, in Nashville possibly testing positive for COVID-19. We know that Debo Samuel, the wide receiver from the 49ers who broke his foot last week during that process of breaking his foot, um, found out that he was positive. So uh, another tweet followed up and said a lot of the players that were working out with him live in Nashville. 
Uh, I know that some players maybe live in Nashville that don't play for the Titans, but come on. I mean, that's... So it seems like, logically, if I use my detective brain, I can tell you that there are some Tennessee Titans who tested positive for COVID-19, but we don't know who they are, and there's really no way for us to know unless it's announced. And now that the off-season program is over and guys are out on their own, I don't suspect that we'll find out if there were Titans or who they were, blah, blah, blah. So I'm waiting for more information to come out about that, see if there's any follow-up on that before I just speculate. I don't want to just randomly speculate about who has it, who was working out with who, but if I get more information, then I promise to bring that to you guys, but I didn't want to spend too much time on it when I really, like I said, would just be speculating. But it's something to watch, um, and it would only make sense that there were some Titans involved in that group of players that were working out together. So with that in mind, though, That will end our Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Uh, Just so you guys do know, I do do Google updates uh, for every day. So you could say, you know, hey, Google, uh, give me an update on the Tennessee Titans. I do put those out. They're one-minute and five-minute updates uh, Monday through Friday. So if you need something to hold you over until the next podcast drops on Wednesday, make sure to, to check that out. But now that you are done with this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you check out the Locked On NFL podcast. There's always a ton of national news to go over, so make sure you check out the national show. But that is going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.